0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number 1 hot tub and swim spa dealer.
1: The ideal place to start your daily vacation
0: on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, live in location, Claire Drake Arena, Edmonton's Alberta Golden Bears against the UBC Thunderbirds over at Claire uh, That's a Claire Drake tonight. That's where we are. At uh, Rogers Place, it'll be the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Calgary Hitmen. Puck drop both games at 7. In Toronto, it's the NHL Skills Competition for All-Star Weekend. We head off to the River Rivercree Resort Casino Hotline. Daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli for Horse Racing Alberta. Racing returns May 4th at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, go to thehorses.com. Hello, Frank. How are you?
1: I'm good, Bob. Just uh, watched Connor McDavid win the fastest skater, so that was pretty awesome.
0: Well, so much for uh, so much for me. I got to be honest with you. I didn't tape the skills competition. Was it close? Like, uh, didn't Barzell beat him a couple of years ago?
1: So he did, and he actually mentioned that in his post-race interview. He said barzell got him a couple years ago barzell was in the lead and mcdavid was the last to go and he beat him by a tenth of a second so it was uh you know it's it's really cool to see you knew that he would be taking it seriously not just because it's in his hometown but because they gave him a seat at the table the nhl did to really help shape what this skills competition looks like you knew that you'd get the best buy-in from connor mcdavid possible
0: yeah, absolutely. So what's the overall experience been like for you in T.O., Frank?
1: <laughs> it's been really busy. Today was insane with Todd McClellan being fired in L.A., Sean Monahan being traded. You had the Lindholm trade earlier in the week. Significant news with the Olympics and the Four Nations Challenge uh, face-off. Like, there's been so many things happening, plus... Still lots of talk, of course, and questions and comments about the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Team sexual assault case. Like, this was a jam-packed weekend in Toronto.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the uh, draft last night, Frank?
1: It was a bit awkward. Um, I thought the NHL, they let the players kind of take the easy way out. And, look, I'm not rooting for chaos, and I'm sure... um, some Oiler fans are going to be unhappy when I say this, but it would have been fun a fun experiment to not have McDavid and Dreisaitl be co-captains and kind of force McDavid to to make that pick, or will someone ahead of him make that pick to take Dreisaitl? So to me, I, I thought, and the other thing too was handing them envelopes at the end so that they can avoid someone being the last pick. I mean, whether it's on the ODR or at the playground, like if eight-year-old and nine-year-old kids can can handle being the last pick, then I think these millionaires who uh, play hockey for a living and are well in their you know 20s and 30s, they can handle being the last pick as an NHL All-Star. But apparently, that's not the case.
0: Do you remember the year that Joffrey Lupul joined Zdeno Chara when they did the draft? It was, I think it was in yeah. Ottawa. It was uh, I was texting back, and Jordan Everly is like, "Hey, stuff, you got to help me here. I don't want to be last." And so that ended up in a trade-off where Jordan was supposed to do uh, loopholes golf tournament out of Blackhawk. So there you go. That was a uh, little backdoor so deal. Did you
1: help him out? Oh
0: uh, yeah, he didn't go last, so he was very happy that he did not go last because he did not want to be last for that. Ter- uh, he didn't want to be the last guy selected. All right. Uh, well, they're certainly never accused of being the last. Guy, in fact, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Elving, but specifically, Jim, this is the sixth trade the Vancouver Canucks have made. Your assessment? Um, I, I got to tell you, I did not like the return Calgary got. That's me. You tell me your thoughts on Why not? Uh, on what part about it don't you like? Because to me, Kuzmenko uh, is hit and miss. Okay. I think okay. they might have, I'm surprised Boston didn't. Now, maybe the Flames got a real good gauge on Andre Kuzmenko. But the guy was a healthy scratch this year for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, okay. And, and now, and I don't consider the prospects that Vancouver gave up to be the top two or three prospects in the uh, Canucks organization because they're both Swedes, and I, we're seeing a bit of a theme with the Canucks and Swedes. And i got to tell you, I firmly believe that Elias Lindholm will ultimately sign in Vancouver. But that's my perception. The listeners have heard that. I'd like to get your thoughts.
1: I disagree totally. Uh, first off, I've been saying for months now that when the Calgary Flames began to sell off, one of the big things that they had to do was try and straddle the line between getting futures, which they were able to do, and also getting a piece or two for the here and now. And you know what? Um, I think Craig Conroy deserves the benefit of the doubt in terms of evaluating Kuzmenko because I don't know about you, but I don't think too many people were that thrilled with the return for Tyler Toffoli, and yet Yegor Sharon Ger- Govic has been excellent for Calgary. So and we made, yeah, cleared, we made that point. Yes. Yep. Yep. Keep clearly going, won that trade. And so, what I would say is. You get a first-round pick for a player in Lindholm who is certainly the premier forward on the market to this point, but he was having a down year. You get a piece for the here and now, and if it doesn't work out, you can flip him. I mean, he had 39 goals and 74 points last year. How many contending teams are trading any players from their roster, let alone someone that could maybe get back to that level at some point? He's not old. He's under contract for one more year. And then the rest of the pieces they got, I think, they're lottery tickets. The conditional pick, Hunter Um You're right. It, I understand why it's so, uh Vancouver's happy. They keep their top prospects, but yep. I mean, I, I personally see Lindholm as a rental, so I, I don't. I, the math isn't mathing for me for for the Canucks to keep Lindholm.
0: Yeah. So, Frank, what I see is the Canucks keeping Lindholm and moving Besser in the off season. That, that that's And so they'll end up with Pedersen and Lindholm and have real strength down the middle. I could be wrong. And, by the way, your perspective, there's entirely too much logic and rationale to it. It totally makes sense where you're coming from.
1: Isn't that disappointing?
0: There's nothing wrong with that. People are allowed to have dissenting view. I, I, you know, I, I, I know we, we have some political people out there that don't think we should have any dissenting view. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, acquies- and by the way, the work that Kent Hughes did, to get a first for taking Monaghan and then to re-sign Monaghan and get another first, I think impressive work by Kent Hughes in Montreal. You tell me your thoughts on that trade, uh, Monahan to the uh,
1: Jets. How many people were crushing me on social media when I said that that would be the case, that they would get a first-round pick for Monaghan? I tweeted it today. Just for your own social media enjoyment, go click on the link for fun because it's awesome to scroll through all of the know-it-alls on social media. And Look, this is the market, and I say this all the time. The seasons change, the players change, the teams change. But what doesn't really change year to year, more or less, is what the market bears for certain players. And once Lindholm was off the board, it wasn't a certainty by any stretch, but it was a very, very strong likelihood that whoever would step up would be paying a first-round pick to make sure that they got their guy that they wanted in Monahan. And the fact that the Habs, didn't have to retain, that's the huge differentiator between the number two center on the market and the number three in Adam Henrique. And that's really why the Winnipeg Jets pulled the trigger today to make sure that they got the guy that they wanted.
0: Yeah, some great horse trading too by the Canadians. And 100% money matters. And I can I can illustrate it. You can make an you can make an argument that Adam Henrique's a far better player than Nick Dowd. But if the Washington Capitals get creative with Nick Dowd, Frank, they can get a first round pick for Nick Dowd. He's got two years left. Okay, he's a 1.3 million dollar cap hit. If they decide to give up a fourth round pick and eat half the money and suddenly Nick Dowd 650000 for the next two playoff runs, I could see somebody giving up a number one for that. A late number
1: one. What about you? Oh, I I, I think they're in the number one pick range all day long. And people are going to laugh and they hear that and say, Nick Dowd, really? And I think part of that is is the team's like the player, but part of it too is the cap hit. The other part is The market is suddenly beginning to get really thin in a hurry at the center position. And so my prediction on what we see over these next 35 days or so until the deadline is teams, especially at center, really start to get creative and say, okay, those two guys in Lindholm and Monaghan off the board, Henrique is kind of expensive cap hit wise for what he is. Even if you have to do the gymnastics to, to chop him in half or chop him in a quarter, that what you're going to see is teams go to non-playoff teams like Washington with Dowd, like the Flyers with Scott Lawton, like the Columbus Blue Jackets with Boone Jenner, and they're going to say, well, we could probably pay pretty close to the same price and get someone that has term on a manageable deal. may not be the perfect player, but it's better than paying all that for a rental. Just
0: to further your story, I I, I recall when Dustin Penner was in his fourth year in Edmonton. He'd scored 30 goals in his third year. That was the year under Pat Quinn. So this uh, would have been the uh, 10-11 season, okay? And Tom Rennie was in his first year as head coach. And I told one of the guys I worked with that the Edmonton Oilers were going to get a first-round pick plus for Dustin Penner. And one of his regular guests was like, you got to be kidding me. No one's touching Dustin Penner with a first-round pick. And little did that individual nor the guy that was on air with me know that – I already knew the Oilers had a first round of the bank in <laughs> the trade for Dustin Penner, and they were just haggling over which prospect it was ultimately going to be from the Los Angeles Kings. You never you know, you never know. and, and as it turned out, Dustin Penner scored a huge goal uh, in the 2012 playoff run the next year for Los Angeles to knock out the then Phoenix Coyotes. All right,
1: we got people texting the show, so let's, Frank. Wait, let's, let's bring this back to Edmonton, though, because let's now talk about,
0: Yes. The yes, situation that going. the
1: Oilers are in, because guess what? Two, you know, two teams that you're gonna have to get past in the bracket, they both got stronger this week. They did. Now, if
0: you recall, Frank, last year, people were losing it when Edmonton didn't get Jacob Chikrin, and Ken Holland ultimately probably got the most impactful player of anybody at the deadline. Because he got Matthias Eckholm with three more years left in his term, and he even got Nashville to eat a little bit of money. And it ultimately cost Edmonton two first round picks a late first rounder of the year before in Reed Schaefer, and then a late first rounder this past year. Uh, so let's start not with a guy with term left. What are you hearing on
1: Jake Guns? It's CBD, because the Penguins are still figuring out what they are. I think if you were to inject some truth serum into Kyle Dubas right now, he would tell you that at the All-Star break, especially with the way that they went into it, that they should be selling. But it's not as easy as that, because they've invested so much into this core not just the contracts for Malkin and Latang, but also for the first-round pick this season that they already gave up to get Eric Carlson. So they're not in a position to certainly be adding at all. That won't happen. And if anything, it really makes sense for them to try and begin and have Gensel be one of those guys that can be a you know, the jump start, the kickstart to that rebuild process, because it's going to be a, a long period of time before the Pittsburgh Penguins are even remotely competitive. But they're not there yet because they can't, because of all that they've invested, they can't really just sell right now. They have to give themselves as much time as possible to allow this core to present itself as a playoff team in what's still kind of a wide-open East. There's a bunch of teams lurking around. The Flyers are coming back to earth. What do we make of the Washington Capitals? What do we make of some of these other teams? Are the Detroit Red Wings for real? Like, there's a lot of different questions to ask.
0: All right. So, Frank, I'm going to ask you the $8.7 million question for this season and next season. Ah, forget it. I can't ask it. it. Is Is there any way Sidney Crosby ends
1: up in play? Oh, man. No. And I saw I'd that become to... a thing. I don't know why. I think I know where it started. Uh, but, no, it's been a topic of conversation in Edmonton, and I, I just I don't see it. And I don't see it either.
0: I do not. I mean, if how much would they devalue their franchise if they traded them?
1: I don't even think it's that. Diddy Crosby is going to have to come to them – and raise his hand, no one is ever asking that guy if he wants to be traded. He has to come out of his way go out of his way in order to let them know. And I don't. d first off I don't see that happening in season. Second, I've never thought that he would leave Pittsburgh and third either. If he if he does, it it's it's gonna be a long drawn out process, I think. Oh.
0: Daily faceoffs, Frank Cervelli brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Racing returns May 4th, Century Mile Race and Casino. For more information, thehorses.com. You mentioned Scott Lawton. There's another guy with basically two playoff runs left. He is the lifeblood of the Philadelphia Flyers. You know where I'm going. I love this guy.
1: Travis Konechn- is he? Oh, I was gonna say, Travis Connectney is the lifeblood of
0: the Flyers. Yes, Travis Connectney. Is there any chance Philadelphia moves him?
1: I think there's a chance. I think Danny Briere is a shrewd guy. I think he understands and knows that this team and what you see now is a pretty far cry from what the end product is likely going to be. I think he also probably recognizes that Travis Connecty's value will never be higher than it is right at this exact moment in time. He's had an excellent season. He's the straw that serves that team's drink. And he's also doing it on a contract that's incredibly valuable. So you, you'd you have teams lining up to get Travis Connecty and you're talking 100%. about a big, 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 big package in order to bring him in. I think they'd have to be listening and thinking about it. I just don't know if anyone has presented themselves as being serious contenders to pull something like that off.
0: Yeah, I would have to think it would be two firsts, because we're talking late round first. It's a team that's going for it, and then probably a good prospect. I would think that would be the – Probably
1: not a good prospect. It would need to be a grade A A, great prospect. Yeah,
0: and and, and, and that would be to get them to eat half so that somebody could fit the guy in for this uh, playoff run. Frank, have a great time in Toronto. Reed Wilkins will be hosting the show on Monday. I will be flying to Las Vegas to see the Oilers on Tuesday, see if they can get to 17 consecutive wins. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, Frank.
1: Can't wait to watch. Have a good trip. We'll talk
0: to you next week. Yeah, enjoy the All-Star break. That is uh, Frank Cervalli for the Horses in Horse Racing, Alberta, which is brought to you, as always, by HRA. Racing returning May 4th, Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Scudley owners now injury report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, James Brown, the gang of James H. Brown. They get you the best results, 250-plus years of experience. Trent Brown. Used to train right here in this arena at Claire Drake Arena back in the day. Played right next door at the old Varsity Field at Varsity Stadium. It is 5.51 in Edmonton. We will tell you the orders are completely healthy. Vegas, for sure, will be without Jack Eichel. Aiden Hill... And uh, William Carlson have both returned to action for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we'll see where Shea Theodore is at uh, when Edmonton rolls into Vegas as well. It is currently 5.52 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer live in location with Oilers Now at historic Claire Drake Arena.
1: Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. And you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched.
0: Thanks a lot, Nuge. You know what? I should ask a really tough trivia question that only a self-indulgent fool like myself would get. In the 13 years that I did the Alberta Golden Bears games, how many losses did I broadcast in Vancouver for Alberta? Okay, 13 seasons, the Bears would play UBC twice a year. Obviously, we already talked about the fact that the Thunderbirds have a far better program now than they used to, but the answer is zero. From 1988, or 1988 to 2008, and I first started doing the Golden Bears in 89, from 1988 until 2008, Alberta never lost a game at Father David Bauer Arena. I think it had something to do with the fact that they weren't allowed to go to a bar on uh, Saturday night unless they'd gotten a sweep in Vancouver. Well, now it was UBC sweeping Alberta earlier this year, and uh, the, the T-Birds were better. So we'll see what happens tonight at Claire Drake Arena. Should be a good matchup. Roughly 35 Western Hockey League players between the two teams. Over at uh, Rogers Place tonight, the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, who are in the second year of a rebuild after winning the WHL championship two years ago. They take on their former head coach, Steve Hamilton. And the Calgary Hitmen, of course, uh, Josh Prokop, the captain of the Golden Bears, is the former captain of the Calgary Hitmen as well. All right. You can join New West Travel on an exclusive road trip to Dallas this April. We sold out our trip to Nashville. We sold out our trip to Montreal. And you have a chance to go see the Oilers play the Dallas Stars. This New West travel package includes airfare, four nights, deluxe hotel, great game tickets. We're going to have a reception in Edmonton and a reception in Dallas. You can complete your trip with an optional AT&T Stadium Tour and an AL baseball game as well. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the road trip. It's almost sold out already. So reach out to newwesttravel.com Here's the Oilers schedule. Of course uh, the skills competition taking place right now. Connor McDavid has reclaimed his title as the fastest skater barely edging out uh, Burnaby product Matthew Barzell Uh, but uh, the All-Star game goes tomorrow the Oilers practice Sunday night at Rogers Place Monday morning at Rogers Place we then fly Monday afternoon into Vegas and uh, take on the Golden Knights. It is Super Bowl weekend in Vegas. The Oilers going for their 17th consecutive victory, which would tie an NHL record. And uh, I'm told they're out of uh, room in the press box with all the uh, media coming in for the Super Bowl uh, that want to see the hockey game as well. So that's going to be awesome. Again, you can text us at any time at uh, 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And Matt says, Bob, is there any way we can get Ryan Hartman out of Minnesota? Have him on a line with Corey Perry and Evander Kane, and that'd just be what the playoffs call for. Well, Ryan Hartman, Bill Guerin as general manager of Minnesota, has always valued toughness. You take a look at the Wild. Uh, They got guys throughout the lineup. Marcus Foligno is a hard-nosed, tough middle six winger. Hartman is a competitive player. Uh, Brandon Duhame can really fight. Fourth-line left winger fought Vander Kane earlier this year. They've even have had a couple guys that weren't fighters in Major Junior that have taken on the role of fighters at the NHL level. So that's a tough team. I don't see Hartman being available for Minnesota. I do believe that Bill Guerin will be a guy you can broker three-way deals through. So I'll give you an illustration. Let's say, as an example... You wanted to get in on Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Ducks. Henrique's a 5.7 million dollar cap hit. The Oilers can't take that all on. They would need Anaheim to eat half of that salary. That's 2.85. That leaves 2.85. Well, then maybe a Minnesota takes on another 1.45 million in the cap space. The actual dollar amount with that would be about 350 thousand dollars. That's usually about a fifth or sixth round draft choice in terms of uh, trade equity uh, at the NHL trade deadline. So I could see Bill Guerin being a part of that, but I do not see the Wild uh, moving on from the likes of Marcus Felino or Ryan Hartman. Those guys are uh, they're part of the fiber and the core of the Minnesota hockey team. That text comes to us from Matt. And Matt, we will tell you, that is our... Text of the day, we're going to enter it in with Great White Car Wash. And again, Car Wash is back up and running all throughout Edmonton, but nothing quite like Great White Car Wash, the city's west end. We're entering that text for the Text of the Week drop, where winners receive three months of watches at my favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash, 100 04, 169th Street. Stay tuned for a winner. We uh, uh, award it every Friday. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 5.59 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer in the old stopping grounds at Claire Drake Arena. Alberta and UBC tonight. And when we come back, the former heavyweight champ, the NHL, George Larocque. after we hook up with Thomas Dias with a Global News Weather Traffic Update.